0: Ben Hartley, where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business, your relationships, and your mindset. If you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post, visit SixFigurePhotography.com. Podcast listeners, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, your faithful host, and I am so damn glad that you are tuned in, that you are listening today. Thank you so much. I want to start the episode just putting all the praise and all the respect on you guys. I'm so grateful for you. I see all the DMs. I see all the messages. I see the count of every time someone listens to the podcast and I'm just grateful for it. And I'm going to keep showing up for you guys. The purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. I don't care if you're a wedding photographer, if you're a a pet portrait, if you only photograph Labs, right? You're not even just a pet photographer. You only photograph labs. This is for you. If you're a commercial photographer, a fine art photographer, if you're an oil painter, I probably got something for you because I want to help you grow your business as a creative. Uh, and so, listen, I've been doing a lot of traveling, you guys. Uh, I, I've uh, and this is. It's been a lot of fun for me. I normally am a a very homebody here in the Midwest, in Ohio, where I'm running a photography studio, style and story. Uh, But I've had the privilege here for the last three weeks to be photographing all over. And so I was in Cancun for one week. I headed out to Maine, Acadia National Park two weeks ago and then just this last week I literally just got back from Yosemite Uh, and so I got to see a little bit, I got to see a little bit of the world, Uh, just a nugget of it, you know, and it always gets me so excited. All right, everyone. I got to take a quick break here uh, to let you guys know about something that is coming up. It's relatively urgent. It's coming up October 24th through the 26th, and I need you to pay attention because at the end of this, I've got a promo code that will get you free registration for it. Uh, Here's the deal. I I go to a lot of conferences. I go to a lot of workshops, uh, all that kind of jazz. And it's important. It's so important because you've established a solid career, but these days, like, it's tough. It's hard to actually shine out among the growing competition. You've got to keep evolving your game. What are you doing to stay up to the latest trends, technologies, techniques to continue to stay competitive? You guys, there's a thing I'm going to tell you about called Photo Plus. All right, you can get the full spectrum, the full picture at PhotoPlus. It's a three-day photography and videography event that is going to expose you to uh, to everything you need to improve your business. And then hone your craft one of my favorite things about it is yes you've got to like the gear stuff right you so you get to try out, you get to get your hands on the latest gear on all the manufacturers to connect these people hear practical tips tricks about how to use this equipment but one of my favorite things is that uh, all these interactive sessions all of the all of the education the training it is held by experts at the exhibitor booth, like directly in the booth, so you don't have to register for classes and go to these different classes. You get to be in the same space as the exhibitors and learn right there. And the topics are vast. So they're going to cover everything from lighting, composition, design, uh, like image capture, retouching storage, uh, my favorite thing, better promotion of yourself and your work. And this will set the scene to expand your industry network and connections with peers and other creative leaders. I know a lot of wedding photographers listen, but no matter what your specialty is, if you're a wedding photographer, if you're a portrait photographer, if you're a videographer, like you're going to gain access to a full spectrum of technical and tactical knowledge to put into action. I say this all the time on the podcast, but your competition continues to elevate, Take the time to invest into yourself, into your craft, and your business will thank you for it, all right? So this event, it's Photo Plus, okay? Photo Plus. Is going to be 2019, October 24th through the 26th. Photo Plus 2019, October 24th through the 26th at Javits Convention Center, New York, New York. All right, this is what you need to know. Pay attention. You need to go to this website, photoplusexpo.com, and then use the promo code, all capitals on this promo code, Six Figure, S I X X. F I G U R E, six figures. Spell out that six, you guys. All right, so photoplusexpo.com, P H O T O, Expo, i P O. I'm sorry, photoplusexpo, P H O T O, plus P L U S, Expo, E X P O.com. Use the promo code six figure and you will get registration for free. It's a no brainer. I will see you guys there. If you're going to attend, do me a favor, DM me, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know that you're attending. You use this code to get the free access to it. And I can't wait to see you guys there. At that note, let's get back to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking to someone out in California. And uh, and this is someone who I've been following for a little while. And, uh, and I'm excited for this conversation, you guys. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to be talking with Aaron Youngren. And uh, this, is, this is Aaron and Jeff Youngren, Aaron of the Aaron and Jeff Youngren. And now they have a James, by the way, too. Uh, tribe and uh and so we're gonna be talking about something that, man i've got've i got there's there's a little bit of a controversy in kind of my like the ideas that I hold on this topic <laughs> and so I'm excited to bring it to Aaron's front door and to duke it out with her if you will let me first tell you a little bit about Aaron so uh Aaron, uh Aaron of Aaron and Jeff Younggren the Youngrens, uh her and her husband. They are road warriors and die hard creative preneurs, right? They travel and they shoot together as a wedding photography team, uh, the Youngrins, while also, this is exciting. We'll talk to Aaron about this a little bit, while also running two other photography studios in San Diego, all right? Uh, photographing um, uh, more weddings and then also commercial work. Uh, she's also the host of the Creative Rising podcast. And this is one of my favorite things. This is her mission. She is on a mission to transform the hearts and minds of burnt out wedding photographers and teach them how to create life giving businesses that they absolutely love. Erin, welcome to the six figure photography podcast. How you doing girl?
1: I am doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me here. You have a way of making a really early morning so much fun. So I appreciate that about you. Thanks.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. it really, is. What do you got over there? Is it like six something?
1: It is 6.45 in the morning, which means that I've been up for well be, well before this, getting ready for our interview today. But we have a little one in the house, our little James. He's 16 months old. So we're used to early mornings. So it's not a big deal. It's pretty normal around here.
0: Did you say six month old?
1: 16 month old. So he's a year and four months. Mm -hmm. At
0: what point do you stop with the months? Just out of curiosity for you. That is is a good question.
1: I, you know, I think it's right about 18 months. That, that seems to be the place that I hear. And so at 18 months you start going to, oh, he's a year and a half and then, oh, he's almost two, I guess. I don't know. This is the first time for us. So we're figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Enjoy these next two months when you could do the whole month thing. This is, it's a similar conversation with my wedding couples. You know, I, uh, I, being a wedding photographer, the, the engagement season is one that I actually adored. So uh, listen, I've been married for going on 10 years here, Aaron. And, and yet I was only engaged for one year right it's like to me it's even more precious this like that one year period of time where i had a fiance you know what i mean and now now we're just married now she's like my wife and it's been that way for 10 years and in a similar note you've got these months you know it's like he's he's 16 months soak it up
1: that's it <laughs> it's so true it's so true and we tell our couples that all the time like the engagement season is so sweet and so when we do our engagement sessions we're like this is these are really special photos because they talk about this very precious time in your lives that is so short. But it's when you guys both decided to do this thing. And so I totally agree. I love that.
0: Yep. I love these little like capsules that we we put on life, you know, like like the engaged, like even just like growing up as kids, you know, like my daughter, she just she had her first day of preschool, and it's just like this little capsule that I can kind of put that period of her life in, and all the pictures are like the the when she was in preschool phase. I don't know, it's just uh, it's a cool way that we kind of compartmentalize and and order order the chaos of our lives. <laughs> I'm gonna, what are we talking about, Aaron? We need to start talking about some other stuff here. I know, I, <laughs> I know, bet the listeners are like Jesus. <laughs> (laughs) um so listen you got three businesses going on Mm -hmm. let's let's get to the business here for a hot second because i think that's silly all right so so, you're telling me what what are you and jeff doing you have two wedding photography businesses and then also a commercial photography business did i did i get that right Mm
1: -hmm. yep you did it's one of those things when people ask us i'm like yeah i don't know either um it's It's been a journey. So Jeff and I started shooting weddings together in 2006, around the time we got married. And we started shooting weddings all over the world. We traveled a ton and just made sure that we could see the world while we're doing all this. And then in 2012, we expanded into our associate wedding photography brand called Clove & Kin. And the point of that was so that we could come to a point where our business was sustainable where we could roll back shooting our own weddings when and if we ever wanted to. Because we were looking to the future and we thought, you know what, someday we're going to want to have a family. And weddings are not super compatible with families as far as like when our kids get to school age. And then our schedules are opposite. We're working on weekends in the summers. Our kids will be, I don't know, at baseball games or soccer games on weekends and summers. And so... We wanted to build a business that would be more sustainable and that could survive outside of us. So we started expanding into our associate wedding photography brand and built a team that would shoot for that. But at the same time, a friend came to us and was like, hey, I'm selling my commercial business. Do you want it? And we were like, huh, that wasn't part of the plan. But commercial could be really fun. And it also played into that same vision. Okay, like commercial could actually be a really good way to go with this. We bought the commercial business and we've been building it ever since. And it's just been a wild ride, but it's been so much fun and we love it. And we don't shoot for the commercial brand. We have a whole team that shoots for it. We have a studio manager, we have editors and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So with the commercial stuff, what kind of work do you find yourself kind of getting into? Uh, yeah. I mean, is it, is it like, so is it like headshots of people coming in for kind of headshot portraits or stuff? Is it uh, yeah. Open up that can explain mm-hmm. a little bit more of the range that you find yourself or is there a specific niche?
1: So we do quite a bit. So headshots is a big thing that we do for sure. And then we do corporate events. And those are the two biggest products of ours, shooting corporate events and shooting headshots. And we'll go, they'll either come into our studio and have their headshots done with us. We'll do group portraits, or we'll go into companies and we'll just shoot their entire staff and do headshots for their entire corporate team. Um, So that's a huge part of our business. And then product is another big part of it. And then also editorial. So those are kind of the four Main things that we do with our commercial work.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to get into I want to get into the confrontation with you, Aaron. Here, <laughs> I love <laughs> I feel it. I like I teed it up in the intro, mm-hmm. like it was going to be a smackdown. Maybe that's what was going on in my head. Um, but no, what I'm excited about is you've had you've had such an experience, kind of creating uh, at least two distinct brands. You bought into another one that probably mm-hmm. existed, but you were able to continue to foster that brand. But but within that would you say that you have three distinct kind of ideal clients within each of those, or is it just two?
1: Um, Absolutely three distinct ideal clients, yes. I think that it's so important to understand each target market they are going after because our three different products are are very different. Now the two wedding brands, the youngerens and clovenkin, they are very, very similar in their values, what they stand for, what they believe, the photography style. So that that all is very similar. The Clients are different in that the Young Grins clients are much more high-end. Clovinkin clients are much more middle of the road. So we actually have phrases that we use for each one of our brands um, that kind of helps us distinguish them. So the Young Grins, we call our weddings black ties and ballrooms. And you can immediately picture exactly what kind of weddings that we photograph. And the Clovinkin we call gray suits and gardens. And so they're more of just your sweet... um, middle-of-the-road venues, middle-of-the-road couples and and families that are not quite up in that high-end range. But they still believe in a lot of the same things that the younger ones do. And then with vomit photographers, we call them designers and divas. And so it's a very different kind of look and feel for them. So that kind of helps us understand our three different ideal clients that we have.
0: Right on. Well, that's what we're talking about. Ideal mm-hmm. clients. You've you've kind of been messing with this for a while, and you've you have thoughts. You've got ideas on the approach to it, uh, on actually identifying, discovering like what your ideal client is. Can we? Can we? Can we even like pump the brakes for a minute? Because I feel like a lot sure. of people talk about. Um, your ideal client persona and like a discovering your ideal client and identifying your dreamies. And like, there's this, all this kind of like, to me, it's all like, all I hear is like bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs> like that's like, so like, what is this? Like, what is this? Like, it feels so wishy washy to me. And so I'd love to get kind of clear and even defining like what that is and, and uh, get some clear kind of terminology around, around the importance of it. Um, so can we anchor this idea of like your ideal client? Like, what is that?
1: Oh, gosh. So I think um, the best way... Okay. So let's say that you are in your office and you have this big, giant, empty wall in your office. If you don't know your ideal client, then everything you do is like wadding up paper towels and throwing against the wall to see what sticks. When you have your ideal client, you're putting a bullseye on your wall, and suddenly you have something to aim for. And so you are going to waste so much time And you are going to just run in circles in your business if you don't have something that you're going after. It's it's having a vision. It's having a target. It's having a goal that you're going after. And so for me, that goal in your business is the target clients that you need to go after. And if you If you're just shooting anyone and everyone, which I want to say that at the beginning of your business, when you're first starting out, I do think it's very important to shoot a lot. And I think it's really important to shoot a lot of different kinds of people because you need to get experience. You need to get better at what you're doing and you need to know who you like, but you also need to know who you don't like. So don't hear me say that shooting a ton of different people is a terrible thing because it can actually be very useful for you, especially in the beginning years, but if you continue to do that and you don't start narrowing down, then you will water down your brand and your business will probably not go very far because no one will know what you're about and the right clients won't stick. Uh, you'll just be you know, the jack of all trades. You'll be the person that tries to target everyone and attracts no one. So I think it's so important to have that target on your wall. Does that help anchor the whole idea? Love like it. Why I, love, I think it's I think so there's... important?
0: Great! It, totally, totally, totally. And I'm I'm just I'm gonna continue to agitate a little bit because I think I'm gonna get really good stuff out of you. As I, I agitate love it, this. This is no, good. I love it. So I love the description that you just gave—a vision. It's like having a having an aim, the direction. Right. It's like where, where's your focus? Where's your aim? Because otherwise, you don't know what you're getting. I love that a vision. Mm-hmm. I can get behind a vision, 100%. What has been your experience when you first started out? When it was just you and Jeff, and you didn't have all three brands, you didn't have little James. When it was just you and Jeff. You from what it sounded like by the way it sounded like you were from 0 to 60 you were like yeah in 2005 uh, Jeff and I started photographing weddings all over the world I <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so totally. let's kind of uh-huh. rewind just the hot second yep um w- what was it like discovering and identifying it when you were at like stage 1 of the business when it was you and Jeff and you're like hey we're going to be wedding photographers let's go like what was that kind of process stumbling through the early stages
1: Totally. So we met in college and I, so funny story, I worked at the front desk of the library. I was a literature major. Jeff was a biology major. He was in the library studying all the time and him and all his library nerd friends started calling me the hot librarian. And so when he asked the hot librarian out and then married the hot librarian, he officially became the king of the nerds. So I love telling that story because he's He's just so proud of that fact that he married the hot librarian. That's Um, awesome.
0: Did did Jeff by any chance play Dungeons and Dragons?
1: He did not. He was not. Well, then
0: I have have out-nerded the King of the Nerds. Okay, okay. Because on my desk right now is a 20-sided die, some Transformers, (laughs) Jurassic Park toys, and a D&D look. Uh, Continue.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. So... We, um, we got married. Jeff decided not to go to med school. He picked up his camera that he had set aside for so many years and he started shooting weddings. I went to a wedding with him, loved it and i started picking up the camera too and so we're working in corporate jobs we're shooting weddings on the side we're burning the candle at both ends because shooting on weekends editing at night working full time and that continues for a while but we th- we're we have this vision where we're like we're going to do this and we're going to do it together and we're going to do this full time and so those were the years of shooting anything and everything that we could possibly book. And I'm really thankful for those years because I think they provided so much value. We got to experience it all. Clients that didn't appreciate us, clients that asked the world of us, clients that you know were like, what is going on right now? Then clients that were amazing and clients we connected with and weddings that we that you know brought us to tears because they were just so life giving and so we got to learn all of that and I think that that is a very important step in the process. But there was <laughs> there was these two weddings this one year. One wedding was this couple that was getting married in Texas, and at the time we had never traveled for a wedding before, which I look back and I think is hilarious because we started traveling so much after that, but we were so excited about the idea of traveling for a wedding that we gave this couple a huge discount. We flew out to Texas on our own dime. It was in the middle of summer, crazy oppressive heat at this outdoor wedding in Texas. And we are dripping in sweat. We're miserable. And the groom shows up three hours late to the ceremony. Mm. And I just couldn't, believe what was happening. Because meanwhile, we're seeing online, you know, blogs are just like exploding at the time. We're seeing all these other amazing photographers shoot weddings in Italy and Aruba, and they never sweat at all. And I'm wondering, like, what the hell is going on? Like, we're stuck here at this wedding. What are they doing that we're not? What is going on? And so a few months later, we photographed this other wedding. And it was this bride that was from the girls' soccer team at Azusa Pacific University, which is this university north of Pasadena in LA. And she is the sweetest bride. She's so wonderful. We love her family. We photograph her wedding. We're like loving the whole thing. We get connected with all of our friends on the soccer team, and we start shooting all of their weddings. And every time that we get to shoot one of those weddings, we come alive. And it is this stark contrast to all these other weddings. And that was when it hit me. Like, these are the people that we love. What is it about them that is so different? What is it about them that connects with us? How are we similar? What do we love about it? And how do we make this happen? How can I build a brand that will attract more of those girls from the soccer team of Azusa Pacific? So that was when I started learning and discovering and researching everything I possibly could about this whole thing called the ideal client. And at the time, there was nothing online about this, right? I'm, th- I'm looking at demographics. I'm looking at cohorts. I'm looking at all this stuff where I'm just like, how do I take all this information and apply it to a wedding photography business? And so in that time, I just had to learn how to uh, photograph images that they loved, build a brand that they loved, and how to connect with these particular couples. And so went, it took a couple of years. It took about two years in there for us to take our brand from shooting weddings that were all over the place to shooting weddings with couples that we absolutely loved. And that was when we were able to earn enough money to quit our day jobs. And that was when we started traveling. So the first thing that we did after we quit our corporate jobs was we took our laptops and we moved to Singapore for two months and we traveled Southeast Asia while we booked weddings. And that same year, We shot weddings in Italy, in Costa Rica, in Mexico. We shot an engagement session in Sydney, Australia, and it didn't stop. We just kept traveling and shooting weddings we loved after that. But it was all because I took the time to identify who the right clients were for us. So that's what the journey looked like for us in the very beginning.
0: That's awesome. So it seems like the, the intent that you had when you first started, you know, you mentioned that like there wasn't any blog posts, there wasn't any information out there. The conversation wasn't occurring. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the conversation is occurring now, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of dialogue about this. And yet I still think there's a lot of confusion and, and kind of like this okay, so I know that I need to do this. Um, I like, I've heard that I, this is, this is me kind of role-playing this. Like, okay, so mm-hmm. I, I've heard that I need to know like uh, what they like, where they shop, their, their income kind of jobs they have, all that kind of stuff. Um, that, that's kind of what I'm, that's the conversation that I'm seeing a lot of times in, in the Facebook groups. Um, and, and there's just like a, uh, a lot of confusion around that. Like, how do I even begin to understand that? And, like, well, what else is there? Like, does it, how does that help me? You know, like, I, I, I still feel like it feels pretty distant for people, or pretty maybe like sterile, or like, great, now I know that there maybe they're, uh, uh, they're, they're a doctor. Well, whoop de doo like, okay, what other high salary kind of role could they have? And, and I don't know. So it feels like, um, there's a lot of confusion, um, of, of how it plays out or maybe even like how you use it. So I just expressed a number of things there, Aaron, let me rewind and ask a single question from that. Um, (laughs) what does it look like to actually like, what is the information that, 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 that people should try to understand about their ideal client?
1: Absolutely. So I 100% agree with you. I think that this topic is so hot right now and that there's so much conversation around it. But the vast majority of the advice that I hear out there is, It all focuses on the surface of the conversation. So everything that you just described, what shoes they wear, what cars they drive, what clothes they are, what uh, grocery stores they shop at, what their jobs are, what their demographics are, all of that focuses on surface characteristics. And all of that is useful. And I'm going to tell you why that's useful. And all of that is important to know. However, if you stop there, you're not going to be able to figure this out. And that's the problem. Most people don't know that how to go farther than that because it's a more difficult process digging deeper. But you need to dig deeper because what you want to get to is why. Why do your clients drive those cars, shop at those stores, have those jobs? Why do they live in the houses that they live in? Why do they make the choices that they do? Particularly, why do they make the choices with their time and their money that they do? That's where we want to get to. So, those whys are what I call values. What do your clients believe to be true about the world? What is it that matters to them? When you're able to understand that level, that's when you build a brand that connects with them. That's when you build a brand that is really powerful. And that's when you build a brand that your clients start feeling something about you because they come to your website and they say, wait a minute, this person gets me. I don't know why but they get me. So that's the difficult step, getting from those surface characteristics down into the values. And that's the part that I teach that I think not, in fact, I don't think anyone else really teaches that process, how to get from the surface down to those values. And- Go ahead. May,
0: real quick, as you kind of describe this, I just have a question. To, uh, to so, I'm, I'm understanding kind of two two tiers of this. Are, is there an additional like are there are there further levels? Like, is it service level and then kind of value level, or is there kind of uh, um, further understanding of your ideal client?
1: So, I those are the two main levels. There's a step in between. So there's all of these surface characteristics, and I actually refer to these surface characteristics as weirds, and it comes from Seth Godin. He had this book a long time ago that I don't even think he publishes anymore, but it's called We're All Weird, and it's this perfect book that talks about this um, – it, it just relates so perfectly to this whole conversation because he refers to weirds as the things that we choose to do with our time and the things we choose to do with our money. So what do we choose to do on a Saturday afternoon? Do we choose to watch TV? Do we choose to make a meal? If we choose to watch TV, what kind of thing do we choose to watch? Is it documentaries? Is it comedies? The more specific we get with those things, then the weirder they are, right? The more that we can infer about you as a person and what it is that you value. So what are the weirds of your clients that are so specific that we can start Learning more about them. And also, what are the weirds about you that reveal something about you as well? So, for example, Jeff and I, when we traveled Southeast Asia, we fell in love with scooters. So, we came home and we bought a couple scooters, and we love riding our scooters everywhere we go. Our couples know this about us, right? And so, it's something we can connect on. Not that our couples have scooters, but they love the fact that we do. And they love the fact that it comes from this shared value of traveling the world. We also fly Delta everywhere we go. That's one of our weirds. Um, And like Jeff is a crazy Delta fanboy. And our couples love this about us too because they're usually road warriors for their jobs. And they're on airplanes all the time. We can connect on that level. So those are our weirds. And then what are the weirds of your couples? And then why do they choose to do, do those things? Okay. So that's the surface level weirds. Then how to get down to those values is through this thing that I call your client's picture of happiness. So specifically with weddings, when you think forward to your client's wedding day, what is their perfect picture of happiness for their wedding day? What is it that they most long for and most desire for on their wedding? What does their wedding look like? What does it feel like? And what do they most want from their wedding? Okay. It's this blend of surface weirds, and inner values. And so when you study that, what is their picture of happiness for their their home, for their family? That will help you understand what matters to them. And that's where your conversations can happen. So when you're hanging out with your clients at an engagement session, at their client meetings, on the phone, you can ask questions that help you dig deeper down into understanding what really matters. So when you talk about their honeymoon, ask them, You know, what is like, do you guys love to travel? Like, you're going on this crazy adventure honeymoon. Is that something that you love? What is it that you love about adventure? Um, What is it that you love about your families? What is it that most, that you're most excited about on the wedding day? Um, Those kinds of follow up questions help a lot with digging down deeper.
0: So how can, I've got a number of questions uh, to, Mm -hmm. to start off. This This is great, Aaron. I love it. So then let's, let me pull back then uh, to even just the very beginning. How do we even begin to identify uh, any of this? I mean, before we even get into like the picture of happiness and, and the values level, even honestly, even just like the demographics and the socioeconomic, you know, uh, traits with your ideal client, how do we even begin to pull that out of <laughs> thin air cuz i think you know for some photographers maybe this is year one for them or uh, or it's or it's month one for them you know and so they're kind of like staring at that blank wall being like there's so many places i could aim uh how do i how do i begin to call this up
1: yes definitely so there's this exercise that i give folks to start the process this is like when you dip your toes in, this is the first step you take. So take a look at all your clients that you've gotten to photograph and write down five to seven of your favorite clients that you've ever worked with. If you are in the place where you don't have any clients or you don't have any favorite clients that you've gotten to work with, then think about people in your network, friends, family, acquaintances, that if you did get to photograph them, you think you would totally come alive and they would just be amazing. So write down those names. And, um, Then next to those names, I want you to write down any of these three letters that apply to those names. The first one is P and that's for profitable. So were these clients profitable for you in that did they pay you your asking price? Not did they book your biggest package ever in the world, but just did they pay you your asking price? No questions asked. The second letter is C. C is for connection. And that is if you've had a life-giving connection with them. So did you love the style of their wedding? Did you love their personalities? Did you just get along as people? So that's connection. And then the last letter is R for referral. So did you get more business because of this client? So either they talked about you or you met vendors at their wedding that now you have a connection with and are getting more business from, or are they part of a network that you really want to be in? like if you shot their wedding, you would get in this network of people that you would then have connections to because of this client. PCR. Now, some names will have all three letters next to their names, which are amazing. They're your super dreamies. Some will have no letters next to their names. Some will have, you know, just a couple. But that helps you understand not only are these certain clients life-giving for your soul, but they're also good for your business. These are the ones that you want to study. These are the ones you want to start with. So All of these clients look at the ones with more letters next to their names. And these are the ones that if you've already shot their wedding, ask them to go out to drinks with you or coffee or dinner or whatever that looks like and tell them, like, hey, you were my favorite client last year. I loved your wedding. I would love to just take you out to dinner and learn more about you guys. I would love to know how to get more people like you. People love it when you say that. Like they're so flattered. And so take them out to dinner and then ask them questions and um, and get to know them and get to know what makes them tick, what matters to them, why they do the things they do, and just use it as an opportunity. Do that with your clients. And then moving forward, as you start booking anything and everything that you can get, use this while you're booking all of this different stuff. And start seeing it through the lens of the ideal client. Say, okay, I love these guys. I love this aspect of this client. I love this aspect of this client. This client over here, well, I definitely did not like this. This is a red flag for me. I'm going to note that. And that's how you can start getting the experience you need in order to start honing in your style and start honing in what it is that you love and connect with.
0: Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, So you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, You're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, right? Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019, our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds, and then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments uh, I love that part. E- file expenses even quicker. Uh, keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. Like, as your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using Freshbooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography. Freshbooks.com forward slash photography and then enter six figure photography in the section where asks how did you hear about fresh books right make sure you get that part down when it asks how did you hear about fresh books enter six figure photography you're going to get your first 30 days free i'm excited for you guys to check out fresh books all right let's get back to the show hmm so, real quick, <laughs> this jumped out mm-hmm. at me. I mean, it had to have jumped out at you, Erin. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is more of an anecdotal kind of thing. So, you described these, the, you know, profitable connection referral that this would attract like life giving clients to you. Do you see the opportunity for CPR as the acronym here no. instead of PCR? <laughs> like CPR, these are life giving clients. Oh my gosh, I love that.
1: <laughs> that did not. But you know what's funny? So, Jeff is a biology major, right? Um, yeah. PCR is actually, I'm totally going to mess this up. So sorry to all of you, like, you know, doctors and scientists out there that are listening to this right now. Um, PCR stands for the polymerase, polymerase chain reaction. This is a, it won the Nobel prize, by the way, and it is what you use to take a certain strand of DNA and create more strands of that same DNA. So you are taking these certain subset of clients that you already have, and you are using them to get more of those same clients and to multiply your ideal clients over the years. So when Jeff said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so perfect. So CPR is also yeah. another great way to say it. I love that too. That's awesome.
0: No, my acronym has been out-acronymed by <laughs> your original PTR. So good. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's for the biology majors out there. I know. So, this, this is great. I'm loving this. Uh I think that um it's that value level kind of point of inquiry that be it's a it's a far um it takes far greater courage to dive mm-hmm. into that. Yes. It's it's a much a riskier conversation and I think that the listeners may need a little um a little bit more clarity to kind of uh, hedge their bets to increase their courage if they're going to begin to try to understand the values that kind of picture of happiness and so do you have i mean what does that process look like when you're moving beyond just the what do you enjoy uh that the you know the surface level type of understanding to the value-based stuff how are you beginning to access those conversations and and even just establish the trust to to get there
1: Mm-hmm. So there are um, – we have all these great questions that we um, ask our clients. And we actually put together a dreamy date night guide for a lot of our students that are in our course because I have a whole course on this. And they use it in their conversations with their couples because they're like, I don't want to sit down and interrogate my couples. Like, what am I going to do? Sit there with a clipboard and be like, please tell me what you believe to be true about the world and go. Like, that just doesn't work, right? And so one of the best questions that I love asking our couples is when we're in that first meeting, that first phone call, you know, we're talking about their wedding day, we've gotten to know each other, you know, that kind of thing. It comes to a point where I ask them, okay, let's start talking about your wedding. Um, Can you tell me if when you think forward to the wedding day, what is the 30-second clip that runs through your head when you think about the day? Can you describe that to me? And they usually pause and they have to think a little bit because they're like, wow, no one's asked me that yet in this process. And they'll usually say something like sitting down at dinner and seeing all my friends and family all together in one place and celebrating and that I cannot wait for that moment or walking down the aisle or saying my vows at the ceremony. And because I know where their wedding's happening and that sort of thing, I'm like, okay, so when you're at the ceremony, like describe that for me, like you're next to the ocean, you can hear the ocean, you can hear, you know, all your families there. What do you think you'll be feeling in that moment? And those are risky questions to ask, but I guarantee you that people love those questions. It depends on, for our clients, they absolutely love them there are ideal clients that have a more difficult time with that. So it kind of depends on your personality and your ideal clients. So take these questions, experiment with them, experiment with them according to your own personality, and then figure out what works for you and what works for your particular clients. Because there are differences between all of us, right? We're a super emotional brand. So we're willing to go into that emotional space. But when it comes to a wedding, there's a, a lot of emotions involved. So I would say that more often than not, couples are going to be willing to talk about that emotional side of their wedding. Um, and so that question, I think, helps. Like, literally, they are describing their picture of happiness to me. And then once they've answered that question, I ask why. Like, just start digging into why. And then another question that I love asking our couples is I always ask the bride first and the groom second. You'll hear why in a second. I ask the bride, why, why this guy? Why are you picking this guy to spend the rest of your life with? What is it about him over everybody else? And she usually tears up. This is usually where she cries and she'll tear up and she'll, you know, describe what it is about him she loves. And then I'll ask the groom. And I always ask groom second so that he can always have a response prepared and um, he can say something really sweet and back to his bride. And so that also helps reveal to me what matters to them and what it is about them that is important. So those are just some examples of questions that help me get down to those value levels. Um, What is it that you're most excited about experiencing on the wedding day? Is it your family? Are there certain people? Are there certain emotions? Are there certain moments you can't wait to see in your photographs? You know, why are you excited about those things? And then outcomes that they're excited about tradition, they're excited about legacy, they're excited about uh, their grandma being at the wedding. They won't use words like tradition and legacy because that's not in their vocabulary. But I know when they start talking about their grandma, that's legacy. When they start talking about saying their vows in a beautiful church, that's tradition. So I can identify those things as the values.
0: And at what point are you, uh, asking these questions? I mean, are these questions to leads Are these questions to clients? Is this before they've booked you, is this kind of halfway through throughout the duration after the, after the event, you know, uh, what kind of timing does that take place?
1: For us, it's right at the beginning. So with our brand, we are, We put it on heavy with the fact that we are all about savoring. We are all about um, being emotionally connected to each other and being emotionally connected in your wedding day. So we want right away. for that conversation to start there because we want to filter our clients and make sure that the clients that are resonating with that are the ones that stay. We don't want to waste our time with clients that are not into that. So you come to our website and it's in your face. You talk to us, it's in your face. And it turns on our ideal clients and it turns off our not ideal clients, which is exactly what we want to do. So that first conversation that we have with them uh, you know, we set up a time to talk or we call them on the phone and say, Hey, you know, just getting in touch. Let's set up a time to talk that, you know, kind of first initial client meeting where we first start to get to know each other. That's when these questions happen. We want it to happen as soon as possible in the process. And then it continues throughout the time during the engagement session. Um, when we see them on the wedding day, you know, we're not asking questions so much as we are leading them through the wedding day, and then if we hang out afterwards after the wedding, then yes, we'll like dig into more of that stuff. But we want to know very quickly.
0: Yeah. What are some of the ways that your uh, that your brand or or uh, yeah, I guess it'd be just your brand. Uh, what are some of the ways that your brand attracts leads that are more open? And uh, to those type of conversations,
1: mm-hmm. so we need to put that out there first in order for our couples to respond to it. So, if we're not um, if we're not letting that part of our personality show, then. We're going to attract people that don't know about that side of our personality. And it's probably going to be this weird, like, wait, what's going on? So on Instagram, you know, we'll talk about those sorts of things. We'll talk about legacy. We'll talk about savoring. We'll talk about slowing down on the wedding day. Um, So Instagram is a great place for that because you can use those captions in a way to talk about values. You're using surface weirds and you're using them as a way to connect on values. Then when you get to our website, all of our language is about savoring. That is our brand promise. We will help you slow down on the wedding day and remember everything that's happening. And so you get to our website and that's what you see. Everything is connected to that value of savoring. The images reveal tradition. The images show legacy. The images show classic black and white um, black tie ballroom weddings. And then the language uh, talks about the values of savoring. So All of that has to be in their face leading up to the point where they get on a phone call with us. Because by the time they talk to us, we want them to have already self-filtered themselves to know that they are the perfect client for us. We want them to want us so much that that phone call then becomes easy because they have gone through the process of falling in love with us beforehand.
0: Hmm. I love this. This is awesome. So, uh, is there is there more to this? What else have we missed? What what else is there uh, in this mm-hmm. process that hasn't kind of uh, that's been gleamed over? Or been like, well, yeah, that all makes sense. If only this is right, there something right. that we've missed in this conversation?
1: Yes. So one big thing that I always want to mention is that it, it a big mistake that I see photographers make is that they go through this process, they do the PCR exercise, they start looking at their weirds, they start looking at their client weirds, they start digging down to values and discovering some really cool stuff. And they say, Oh, my gosh, my ideal clients, and me, we share all these similar things. In fact, we look a lot alike. So I think that my ideal client is actually a version of myself. And Maybe not a version of myself right now, but a version of myself when I was looking for a wedding photographer when I was getting married. And that's okay if you've done that. Don't, like, feel shame about it. But you haven't gone far enough in the process. Your ideal client is not a version of you. And – if you believe that, then what happens is that you filter all of your decisions through your own head and you filter all of your decisions through your own thinking instead of getting inside the heads of your ideal clients, of the real people that are out in the world and making decisions. And so this really comes into play when it comes to pricing. When you are wanting to raise your prices, what happens is you start thinking, well, what would I pay for photography? And that, as we all know, is can be a really... um That can be something that can really limit you in your pricing. Jeff and I cannot afford what we charge for our photography, right? But will we charge it? 100% yes. And
0: I bet you could afford it now. (laughs) I'm pushing back.
1: (laughs) Maybe. You never know. Um, And so we... But will we charge it? Yes, 100%. We will charge what we charge. And we will, like, we're raising our prices as we speak. And so that's because we know that our ideal clients will pay that price. It's because we're outside of our own heads and we're in the heads of real people in the world. Another thing that happens is that, you know, people think about their ideal clients and we use the word dreamies all the time. Like, dreamies are are, our ideal clients. And so it makes it sound like this real theoretical thing that we can just make up our dream clients, right? Like, oh, who would I most love to photograph? Well, you need to ground your ideal client in reality. You need to look at the market that's around you. You need to look at what's available to you, where you're at, and say, who are the ideal clients in this market that... I will connect with and that will be life-giving and sustainable for my business. Your ideal client cannot be couples that are getting married on Mount Everest. Like, that's just, your business is going to fail. I'm sorry. That's not possible. You need to ground your ideal client in reality. And that's why I have you start with clients that you've already worked with, with people that are real, and you start with studying them, you start with studying yourself, instead of just sitting here and thinking about what you want. So those are the two things that I want to mention that I think are very important.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. Okay, so here's, here's, my, here's my point of inquiry. Okay. Um, that is, and it's, not, well, here's the thing. What I'm about to express to you, it's not as mutually exclusive as I made it off to be at the beginning. <laughs> okay. But I'm curious about what you think about this thought. Uh, that ideal clients aren't something that you discover or that you make or um, that you find, I'm sorry, that you find, but the ideal clients are something that you foster, that you create, that, that you actually develop, that you make out of anybody. You create the ideal client. You don't find them. What do you think about that idea?
1: Um, I think that there is... um, Okay, so let me understand the question. So you are saying... So what you're saying is that what do I think about the belief that we just can foster and nurture and create an ideal client and then those people will come to us? Is that what you're asking? Yes, or,
0: or anyone who comes to you has the potential to to be your ideal client right now. It's good to be aiming. Mm -hmm. Uh, I totally agree that that's brand, right? So it's good to be aiming, but that I won't be so quick to judge whoever walks through my door as someone who is, or is not my ideal client until I spend time actually, uh, develop like, like pouring into them. Like, 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 uh, I create them.
1: Yes. Totally get what you're saying. It's, okay. Perfect.
0: It's, essentially it's, this. it's not, I think that, um, what I value about this idea, this is, this is my, my take is that I create ideal clients. I don't find them mm. and because it takes, I take responsibility for, uh, my role in it that I can't just sit back and let them all come, come to me <laughs> that like, I actually, I take role in, in creating the ideal client experience and, and actually developing someone who walks to my door and, and not judging them for, uh, for any of their values or appearance or, or, you know, e- deeper values or even external, the kind of surface level ones, but that, um, I've been shocked with, with some of the people who I would have, um, deemed not my ideal client kind of based off of the way that it, it gets, um, uh, thrown around normally.
1: I love what you're saying right now. I love this because what you're what you're getting to is one of the reasons why I believe in this ideal client principle so much. Mm. So, most people focus on surface characteristics. So, most people focus on what their clients look like, what cars they drive, and what they do with their time, you know, all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing. When you are not your ideal client, you can look very different from your ideal clients on the outside. But you can actually connect on a lot of very similar values on the inside. So let's—I'll use an example. So let's say that you love um, you love cooking, and you love getting all of your friends to fam- friends and family together every Sunday afternoon to cook and make you make a meal for them. And what you value about that is that it like everybody gets to connect in a way that they wouldn't get to connect if you didn't make that dinner. What if your ideal clients are really into college football? And what they value about college football is that every game, they get to reconnect with their alma mater, with their past, with all their friends and family, and they get to connect in a way that they otherwise wouldn't get to connect if college football didn't exist. Those are extremely different outward weirds, but they're the same values. And so what I've discovered is that if you don't, like you said, if you don't take the time to nurture a relationship and ask those questions, you could miss out on some of the most life-giving relationships with your couples. Couples will not be 100% ideal. I think that this is a myth that can be fostered in these whole conversations. You will not find every single couple that you have, they will not be 100% ideal for you, but they will. there will always be something that you can connect on most of the time. Like we have, we do not look like our couples. We do not drive the same cars. We do not do the same things, but we connect on similar values. And as long as we're connecting on the values that matter the most, when we connect on the fact that we want to help our couples savor on their wedding days, that's when we know that we have a relationship that is going to be amazing and that's going to be life giving for us and for them. Our couples don't walk in the door saying, I want a couple, I want, or, Let me rephrase that. They do not start the process of looking for a photographer saying, I want a photographer that's going to help me slow down on my wedding day and savor." No, they do not know that. Okay. When they start looking around, when they get recommendations from friends, when they come to our website and they see what we're putting out there, then they realize, oh my gosh, I want that. Like that's when they say this person gets me. They get something about me that I don't even know about myself, but I now realize that I want it. So I think that's what you mean by nurturing your brand, putting that out there, and you are creating an environment and fostering an experience that will connect with your couples and it'll bring something out in them that exists, is real, but that they didn't realize was there. And you can then foster and build that relationship together. Absolutely. So, cool. We're saying the same thing, Aaron. Totally. We absolutely are, which is why I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that, like I said... If you don't get deeper, you can miss out on the most amazing relationships that you Mm -hmm. could be experiencing with your couples. And I think that that's that's a miss. And I want people to build businesses that are life-giving, that are sustainable. I don't want people to get burned out. And that's I feel like when you work with couples that you connect with on a level that matters to you, then that's when you build a business that you love and that you can get through the hard times because you are working with couples that just bring something alive in you. And I love that.
0: So good. So good. Aaron. Uh, you have surpassed my expectations <laughs> on this oh, conversation good. and I'm really excited about it. Where, where can people <laughs> find out more about you and Jeff and, and all the things you got going on uh, more information about your process? Where is that at?
1: Yeah. So if you want to learn more about this ideal client thing. If you're like, okay, I'm so intrigued by this. I've done the PCR exercise. I want to know what to do next. Then the best place is to take our free training. It's at dreamyclass.com and dreamy is spelled with an I E it's D R E A M I E class.com. And that's where you can take a free one hour training. It goes through the whole process in a very succinct way where you can like sit down and take notes and actually like follow the, the process that I've built. And you'll learn more about our course there at the class. And so then if you really want to dive in super deep. You can get in the course and you'll come out on the other side with knowing your ideal client, knowing your brand. And you can take that to a graphic designer and say, build this for me. And my students do. And they have the most amazing brands on the other side of this course. Take that free training and you're going to get so much out of that one hour. I promise you. And then beyond that, our podcast, Creative Rising, take a listen. It's all about what it's really like to run a photography business. So getting behind the curtain, cutting through the BS and, uh, talking about the real stuff. So I do episodes that are behind the scenes where I have microphones recording what's going on in our studios. And I talk about the struggles. I talk about the risks. I talk about the creative battles that we all face. And then along with those episodes, I also do very practical training episodes that you can walk away with very practical stuff to use in your business. So check it out.
0: Awesome. Aaron, thank you so much. This has been a real treat. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by you. Uh, I yeah, just appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: I appreciate your time too. Thank you so much for having me here. It really, I'm so honored when um, folks like you give me an opportunity to share a message with your audience because your audience is so precious and so important. So thank you very much. I'm super honored.
0: Of course, podcast listeners. I listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of Conversation and talk about ideal client discovery and persona and all this stuff, and I think Aaron really got uh, to some interesting, some kind of fascinating components to it that are often overlooked. And so, um, my goodness, I, I hope you took something away. I hope that there was—I mean, for me, there was a lot of clarity too around the conversation. And so, um, I'm excited to, to, that you guys took the time out of your day to, to pour into this. Um, hopefully, you were pleasantly surprised as, as much as I was. And so, make sure you you check out Aaron and Jeff Youngren the creative rising podcast as well. And, um, and listen, look, if you, if you haven't had a chance, uh, look, I've got a mastermind group that I'd love to invite you guys to. It is not, the doors are now open. It's just a free mastermind group, the six figure photography mastermind, uh, community. And I just love to have you be a part of it. Aaron is in that group. I am. And so I you love can, it. <laughs> you can drop ideas or thoughts or questions or whatever, and maybe Aaron will drop in there. You know, mm-hmm. you can even reference this episode of the podcast and give her a shout out in the mastermind group, but it's definitely the place where I am most active online on social. And it's just, again, it's a, it's another area to take the conversation to help you kind of grow your business and to really dive in and, and kind of source from other people who are in the same shoes as you. And you can get access to that. If you go to six figurephotography.com forward slash mastermind six dot photography.com forward slash mastermind. I got a link in the show notes as well. Um, we can always continue the conversation there. Uh, thank you once again, and we will see you on the next episode. Rather you will listen to me (laughs) on the next episode of the six figure photography podcast. Bye everybody.